wrap this series up, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Romans 16, that's where we'll be. But as we begin, I want to just ask you a question. Do you have a favorite song? you have a favorite song? Um, I, I will confess mine. Uh, my, I think if my all-time favorite song is Green Day's song, When I Come Around. Does anybody know that song? So, see, you're laughing already. Um, <clears throat> I also like uh, Dave Matthews' song, Crash. It's a very spiritual song. Um, um, give me some of your favorites. What's your favorite song? I will call on you. Call it out. What's your favorite song? In the Garden. In the Garden. The River. Love is a mini splendor. I have all of these on my playlist right now. Somebody else, you have a favorite. What's a favorite song? Say it again. 10,000 reasons. 10,000 reasons. Yeah, we do that one. So I think I heard somebody say Amazing Grace. Okay, you get church credit. That's fine. It's a wonderful world. All right, there we go. All right, so the, the, the most recent addition to, oh, we got one more. Go ahead. Uh, you got to say it louder. Cashmere. Cashmere. All right. There's an honest person right there at our church. We got to have a little uh, Metallica mentioned. Um, if I'm honest, uh, I, I kind of grew up in the Church of Christ, so I, I feel a little uh, musically deprived. Um, and so uh, whenever I have a birthday or celebration, uh, people are always giving me new music to, to expand my library. And uh, my most recent addition to my iTunes playlist, uh, go ahead and hit that clip. I'll, maybe, you, maybe you know it. <laughs> Who sings it? Do you know? Stevie Wonder. Let's sing along just for a minute because I love this song. Look how good you are. We don't have words on the screen, and you know it. One more verse. <laughs> All right, you can go ahead and cut it. All right, what I have learned is Stevie Wonder makes you smile. Is that true? Like, if you're having a blue day, you need to play some Stevie Wonder. It will just make you feel better. That's what I love about song. Song is this interesting way of, of communicating deep stuff within us. So, and there, there are just moments and there, and there are times in our life that like just regular words or, or conversation or dialogue just won't do. Song becomes this, this, this way for, for deep, meaningful things to, to come out of us. Sometimes we have these deep feelings within us. Maybe you've experienced some of those moments, moments of such intense emotion that, that spontaneously, without effort or forethought, your mouth opens and you simply burst into song. Does that happen to you? You know that happened to you at the red light, right? You know we've all seen that person at the red light right next to you, that, that they're just singing their lungs out, and you know that person is, is having a good day, right? 
Like maybe you, you've had some of these moments. Uh, I love when it happens at, uh, at concerts. And that's the reason we go to concerts and, and see different musicians that we love. Before they even get to the lyrics, you know, the first few chords, people are already cheering and excited because of the song that's coming up. How many of you, when your team ones have just spontaneously broken out into, we are the champion, right? That's right. At the end of a perfect day on your ride home, maybe you're a, a, a shower singer. My daughter, Harper, uh, I have a nine-year-old daughter. She has a song. Um, it, it's actually a song that uh, we, uh, my wife and I heard while uh, Amy was pregnant with, with our daughter. And we, I, I sang this song to Harper while she was still in the womb. And today, this is Harper's most requested song at bedtimes. It's uh, Ben Harper's Waiting on an Angel. I don't know if you know that song. Maybe you've been to one of those weddings. Uh, have you been to a wedding where a bride or groom sing to each other? Ah, oh, I love those moments, don't you? Because the, this, the ability of a song to express something so deep and so powerful is just a joy to watch. As Paul is wrapping up Romans, really he's, he's signing off, he's, he's, he's getting finished in, in chapters 15 and 16, he's, he's going to commend the Christians in Rome, and uh, he kind of butters them up and says, I know you already know all this already anyway. And he tells the future travel plans of, I'm coming to see you, just hold on. He asks for prayers, he gives special greetings, and there's list and list of names of people that he greets. He even offers one final warning, like, hey, be careful out there. And then it happens. Maybe it's hard for you to see in your Bible because there aren't notes on the page or chords beside it. But in the last few verses of Romans, Paul sings. In theology, we call it the doxology. And it's in chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Doxology is just a, a, a fancy word for saying glory saying or short hymn. Uh, we actually think this is, this is written in Paul's own hand. Most of Romans is transcribed. Uh, most of Romans is Paul speaking and somebody else transcribing it. But this moment at the very end is so powerful and important that Paul shares it himself. In his doxology, he shares again his purpose, his heart in writing this letter, recalling again the themes of Romans he introduced all the way back in chapter one. And in this way, he builds a beautiful frame around his letter, beginning and ending with the same essential message, a message so wonderful, it can only be expressed in song. He says, now all glory to God, 
who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever and everyone together says, amen. In these words, in this emotion filled last few verses written in his own hand, Paul reviews the essentials. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong. That means to, to solidly, solidly plant, to affix, to, to help you stand fast and unmovable. And he goes on to say this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan that, uh, that's an interesting phrase in Greek. In Greek, that phrase is apocalypso mysterio. Apocalypse. You know that word, right? Like apocalypso mysterio. What is, what is Paul saying here? The word uh, apocalypso is used elsewhere in your New Testament. It's the name of the last book of the New Testament. It means revelation. It means bringing something out into the open. Uh, when the magician pulls the curtain away to reveal the trick, that's apocalypsis, apocalypsin, apocalypso. Something hidden that is being revealed. Apocalypso mysterio is the mysteries of God, the truth of God, and his desire, his will, is made known. And he goes on in the next verse to say, the prophets foretold this, and even the eternal God has commanded that this message, the truth of God and all that he desires, would be made known, and that it would be revealed to who? It's known to all Gentiles. Now, that's a hard word for us to understand uh, because uh, we, uh, we don't use the term Gentiles really anymore today. But maybe you would recognize it a little bit more in Greek. In Greek, it's ethnos, as in ethnic or ethnicity. What he says is, this message is made known to all ethnicities everywhere to all nations every tribe and tongue and people and for what purpose so that they might believe and obey all glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And what is this apocalypso mysterio? It's the good news. And the good news in, Roman is, in Romans is always capitalized because the good news is a person. The person of Jesus Christ.
And for Paul, this great mystery of God that all of God's intention and willfulness is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ to all ethnos. And for that, that's reason to sing. The mystery, the good news, is Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? I feel like maybe even, even as, a, as a teacher or preacher, we don't say it enough. But I would want you to know, even here today, that God loves you. That your sins can and will be forgiven through Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've faced or where you've come from. The grace that God offers through his son, Jesus Christ, who came in the form of a human to die on the cross so that you might be saved is available now, here, today, in this place but it's not just available to people who are at church. It is a, available to all ethnos, to everyone. And some of you here are teenagers, and maybe you don't know what you believe. The good news of Jesus Christ is for you. And some of you have lived a few more years and are coming to the end of your life, and the good news of Jesus Christ is for you. And for your coworker that is a jerk to you and the guy that cut you off in traffic, this is the good news that it is for everyone, that God's love is for everyone everywhere. And he invites you, begs you, pleads you to believe it, to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to believe and to obey. So where does that leave us? Here we have the good news of Jesus presented right in front of us. Now what? This past Easter, um, in our Easter service, we talked about the cross, and uh, we, we talked a lot about the cross. In fact, we actually gave crosses out to people at our Easter service. So these are uh, hand, I'm going to say handmade, handmade um, olive wood tree, olive tree wood crosses from the Holy Land. And we gave out crosses to everyone in our worship service and said, uh, and everyone was super excited. This was awesome. Um, Everyone got the cross and said, oh, they're so beautiful. And, oh, it smells like olives. This is amazing. I love my cross. And at the end of the service, everyone got mad at me. And I said, okay, now that you have this cross, your job is to give it to somebody else. <laughs> Some of you, if you're holding on to it, I know who you are. I'm keeping track. And I was, all, I was thinking about what do we do with this good news and what's left. I recently talked to... Um, a couple of members here at, at Aspen Grove, and I asked them to share with me their cross stories. Here's what they said. A friend and coworker of mine made some bad choices in his personal life that, that started spilling over into work. I spoke with him often to try to get him to realize that his behavior was not good for him. Unfortunately, he crossed the line with his behavior and was fired. I met him at the office uh, on a Sunday afternoon so that he could retrieve his personal belongings from his office. 
He was dejected that he lost his job, but realized that it was his own fault due to his behavior. At that point, I gave him the cross and told him that I wanted him to have it as a reminder that God is always with him and can be relied upon to get him through these tough times. I didn't expect his reaction. He sat still for a moment and then began to cry. He thanked me repeatedly for caring enough to give him the cross as a gift. I left the office that day in awe of the display of God's love and power that I witnessed and honored, and I was honored that God chose to use me to let my friend know that he loves him. Another cross story. The person says, I knew a coworker of mine, sounds familiar, right? I knew a coworker of mine who was not a believer, and in fact, I could tell for, from some of his responses that he thought anyone else who believed was ignorant. However, I knew he believed I was an intelligent person and that he respected me in my opinion. So I made a point of always talking about my church friends and, and just mentioning my church on a regular basis, uh, or that I was praying for this or that in front of him, hoping to say the right thing to bring him to the Lord or at least get him curious. This is not easy for me, it's, it's not in my wheelhouse. He was getting ready to retire after 40 plus years and mentioned on several occasions how he was excited yet scared because he was going to be all alone. He isn't married and never had kids. And he didn't know how he was going to enjoy his retirement without anyone being around. His general demeanor has always been kind of a woe is me like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Right as I was telling him goodbye, I told him I had something for him that I wanted him to keep and carry on him at all times. I handed him the cross and told him that if he, <clears throat> had that, he'd know that he was never alone. I asked him if he knew what I meant and he just nodded and began tearing up. At that point, so not to embarrass him by me seeing him cry, I walked away and prayed that my action would somehow open his heart to Jesus. If you are here today and have received the good news, then your commission is to become good messengers. This word has not been given to you to keep and to hold and to maintain, but to share with all ethnos. The good news compels us and builds in us. The good news, the deepest desire of God's heart is for the good news of Jesus Christ to be shared. And so as we wrap up Romans, I want to encourage you in, in one way. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and call yourself a Christian, be brave. Be brave. Have courage. Because you have reason to sing. Amen?
I want to speak to those of you who maybe don't know the good news of Jesus that are with us today. I want you to know that you're welcome here. That even, uh, even your doubts, you're welcome. And I hope that you're treated with respect and with love. But I would want you to know that our deepest desire for you is to know the truth of Jesus Christ. To know that Jesus Christ uh, wasn't just a man, but he is the son of God who died and was resurrected on the third day so that you might experience forgiveness and grace and life. And if there's ways that we can help you uh, answer questions or if there's things that are going on in your heart that we can pray for, ways we can serve you, we want to do that. We have good news for you. In just a minute, we're going to enter into a time of communion, and um, we have the stations of communion set up around the room, and uh, maybe we do things a little bit differently than a, than, uh, a tradition, or, or maybe you're new here, and so on the tables are the elements of, uh, of communion. There is a bread that represents the body of Jesus Christ broken for us and also a cup of juice that represents the blood that Jesus spilled for us. For those who believe it's a time to remember and rededicate our lives, but if you look carefully at Scripture, it was also and always a time to share the good news with each other. So I invite you in just a minute as we enter into a time of communion to share Christ together. Maybe it's something that he's done for you, a prayer that he's answered. I invite you to share Jesus with each other, to be good messengers. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word and, and for its power. Um, I pray that in the deep places of our, of, of our hearts that, that we would know the truth of your son, Jesus. Father God, I pray that we would be compelled by that good news to share, to sing, to take the message of the cross, the hope of the cross, the life that is found through Jesus' death on the cross and share it with friends and neighbors and coworkers, not in a way that, that, that is harsh or abusive, but in a way that represents you and the love that you have for us with respect and trust and compassion and authenticity. Father God, let us absorb every message of Romans. Let us meditate on this, uh, what Martin Luther called essential gospel, day and night. And as we receive you, receive your son Jesus, Father God, let us be compelled to go out to every ethnos. Father God, right now I pray that there's a, there's a face, there's a name, that comes to every mind, that comes right to the front of our mind, that a, a person that you have placed for us to share the good news with. God, I pray for courage. Help us to be brave. The news of your son Jesus is still relevant today. It's still needed, desperately needed. Help us as we give ourselves to you to serve others. We love you, Father, and in your son Jesus' name, everybody together says,